0: Hey guys, this podcast is being brought to you today with the help of Blue Mic Microphones and Skull Candy headphones. Check them out at BlueMic.com and SkullCandy.com. So, this week, Nick and I sat down to discuss all pertinent details of the week, including Canzine, which is a zine fair that I went to in Toronto. And it looks like zines are taking off because there's a just read this article in the New York Times about how there's a zine resurgence. We also talk about all the Twitter bullshit of the week, including the Metallica Lou Reed album, Oprah Winfrey, and Nick Flanagan's Twitter account, and Dan Aykroyd. It'll all make sense if you can get to the end of the podcast. So the official Danko Jones podcast starts... now. another podcast has started my name is Danko Jones it's the official Danko Jones podcast with me as always from now on is Mr. Nick Flanagan, and that's the tag that I'm going to be using to introduce you, I think, from now on.
1: Hey. And that's your tag. That's my tag.
0: Yeah. I have a tag
1: now. Put so... T-shirts.
0: You were here again. This is our fourth podcast together, and I believe it's the uh, 11th podcast of uh, under the iTunes banner. banner. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last week we had my friend Brendan Canning from Broken Social Scene sitting in our our first our guest friend. our friend uh, oh yes that's right he drove you
1: home he drove me sort of home
0: sort of home near my and, house uh, I thought it was cool I thought we were able to dig a little bit of dirt and a little bit a little more insight as to our both our bands and our relationship I don't get to see Brendan all too often except on holidays and. Uh, on the road I've bumped into the broken social scene in the weirdest places at the weirdest times but it's always when we're, we're on the road uh, I was walking on the street in Amsterdam one year and coming out of dinner with a couple of friends and there he was just walking with with a couple of broken social scene guys and then we ended up hanging out that night and the same thing happened in Sweden And again in Holland at the Lowlands Festival. So it's been a few times where we've bumped into each
1: other. But the one thing I think... I've seen him in New York a couple of times. Yeah? When I've been down there doing the jokes. I guess as this podcast goes on, what
0: will be revealed... I I hate to use the word shy because it's such a soft word. But I am shy that gets uh, misconstrued as... um, with an attitude or, or an arrogant a lot of the time. I'm just, I kind of like to keep to myself and it has nothing to do with the fact that I, I don't like you or anything, but I'm only good with one-on-one as you and I have been doing the podcast and as you and I have been friends, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a one-on-one guy. And, and when it comes to meeting new people, it takes a long time for me to warm up to you. Um, so, like we said in the podcast last week, i'm I'm leading up to a story that I had that I forgot to relay to Brendan. But um, I, living with Brendan forces you to be part of this broken social scene or this social scene that uh, Brendan's a very popular, well-liked guy. And so, I remember this time we had a party. We threw a party. At the house now this is a big thing for me and for Brendan it's just regular fare so wow there's a party and there's gonna be a lot of people in my in my personal space up in your shiz. yes and what ended up happening was it was great you know there was it was a good time was had by all and I was nervous the whole time the whole night just watching people and where they're going but I remember this uh, I st- I don't know what it was, maybe it was two or three in the morning, The cops came, it was one of those crazy parties. The cops came, and uh, we had to turn the music down, and there was people filtering out onto the street.
1: Did anyone freebase?
0: No, there is no freebasing. All right, n- none party? that I know of.
1: That's no party if no, there's no. It's kind of not being a party turned yeah. into
0: rock. Yeah. Well, what, what I was leading way. up to was well, around two or three in the morning. I remember this very vividly. I something in my head just said, "I'm done." And instead of walking up into my room and going to bed or mm-hmm. saying goodnight and just letting the party go on because I had two other roommates, I picked up a garbage bag and started cleaning up. I just didn't realize that that would... Actually, I kind of did. I knew that that would kind of... (laughs) I just basically said, I'm done, and you're done too. So... So you just
1: basically said, this is done.
0: Get the fuck out of my house, in in not so many words. And I just started cleaning up around everybody and uh, putting dishes into the the sink, cleaning up everybody's garbage uh, with this huge garbage bag. And eventually people got the... The, the drift, my drift, and uh, it, it filtered out. It took about half an hour, but eventually the the party was officially over. And that that wasn't the the most polite way of throwing a party and ending a party. And that was something I, I, I failed to, to re-
1: relay to, to Brendan when he was here last week. You can end parties, though, in a rude fashion. Once... The thing is, I don't know. I don't throw them. Well, I'm not saying, you know, yeah, exactly. That's a party rule, I believe, is after 2 a.m., you can stop the party at your discretion and you can do it in the rudest manner. It was raging of your choice. It was a raging party. You know what? The place probably would would have been burnt to the ground had you not pulled that garbage bag out and started putting styrofoam cups inside said, said bag.
0: You and I doing this podcast now, we... Have always been friendly, and uh, we exchange an email every now and then, but doing this podcast has forced both of us to be in each other's lives a little more. Yeah, that's right. To the point where we were actually texting each other on the weekend, and I don't ever text you on the weekend. No, 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 that's a rule. Hard And rule we actually yours. ended up talking on the weekend yeah. on the phone, which I never do to you. We never do to each other. We're doing it. And um, part of the reason was I went to this... Now, I never, like I said, I hardly ever venture out of my house when I'm home because all I do is venture out and tour and tour and tour. So I like to just, like, keep it really low-key. But there was this one tweet um, that really kind of got me, got my interest peaked and I really wanted to, to check it out. And it was... Um, uh Liz Liz Worth who who wrote the book uh Treat Me Like Dirt which was uh, it, which is a great book on the Toronto punk scene um an oral history of the Toronto punk scene from its earliest beginnings mm-hmm. um she tweeted that she was going to be at this thing called Canzine and it was this fair where people will be selling homemade comic books homemade like zines and and uh Poetry, books, novelists, whatever. It's world. probably been going on for years, And right? it's been going on for years by, I think,
1: Broken Pencil, this zine itself, yeah. puts it There's on. There's a few different zine fairs in Toronto. I don't want to brag, but we as a city here in uh, Hogtown, T O T T-O-O-Dot, what's another word for this place? El Toro, I fucking tell the name. Someone came up for it. I don't know. Uh Ronto. Anyways, Um, we've we've got a strong zine culture. Yeah, and that's
0: really great. I don't get to check these things out, mainly because I'm on the road. And like I said, when I'm home, I just like to keep it really low-key. Low-key. And I went to this thing. And I went to this thing partly because I have a genuine interest in... You know, comic books and zines, and I love that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I love, I think, people doing it homemade and, and DIY style is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Espe- but I was also interested to know that here, I've never, I haven't been to one in a long time. And in the digital age now, with blogs and 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 websites and, and what have you. And Tumblr. Tumblr. Um, what would... What would be showcased at a zine fair in 2011. And let me tell you something, it's like I walked into 1995. Yeah. It, it's still the same homemade zines. It was pretty cool. I really thought it was a great, great bunch of people doing like homemade comics. And I got to meet Liz, never met her before. She had her stand selling her book and her books, other books of poetry and, and what have you, short stories. I thought it was really cool, but also the reason why I also went beyond the fact that my curiosity was piqued, I like that kind of stuff, is I thought it would be really cool to have something to talk about when I meet up with Nick, because, um, and it was forcing me to leave the house, and this whole podcast has forced me to be more social when I'm at home. It's breaking you out of your shell. It's breaking me out of my shell, and...
1: I like it, kind of like the Katy Perry song. That is that the song. It's called "It's Breaking Me Out of My Shell," and I like it. Yeah, that would be my song. Your version of it.
0: And I gave uh, Nick a call, who was at an acting gig. You well, were actually being filmed. What, what the
1: hell was going on? I was being filmed, um, and just to just to also start this off, when I you, it started with a text from you that said, "Gotta get out of the house, going to Kansas." Seriously, God, and I was like. Is this, did he mean to send this to me? Is this supposed to go to someone else?
0: No, I sent I sent the text to you and JC. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and to let us, just in case we were in the neighborhood. JC or was watching football. He yeah. was watching NFL because apparently there's no NBA season this year, which he is addicted to. Yeah, and so it I think is he's such a better
1: sport than football.
0: Yeah, I think so too. But um, he's, I think he's gonna slowly
1: get addicted to to football now. Um, Football's kind of awesome because it really is so TV-oriented. When you watch American football on TV, now. it makes complete sense. But, but there's something also that I just find, like, not appropriate to my lifestyle about it. And, and that's
0: well, my whole thing is, like, I'm not a sports guy yeah, too much, but I am when I play video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I, like, basically my text to you that afternoon... Was either I go to this canzene thing and do something different for a change, uh-huh. or stay at home and play Fight Night again for the millionth time,
1: right? Alone, as Marvin alone. Hagler. Let's just make sure alone, right? Yes, I was acting two days of humorous acting, and uh, it was at times uncomfortable because I was wearing a lot of makeup for a few scenes. And uh, football, the football stuff was the football stuff was the most. Uncomfortable. I've been in an acting performance Did you get tackled? that I can think of. <laughs> I didn't even get tackled. I just got like pushed out of the way in a scene, and that was tra- traumatizing, just deeply traumatizing. Because hmm. it was also at about eight in the morning. Well, I mean, we On can a Saturday. We can talk
0: we'll about it. this till till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to disclose the participants or the actual project, I think it's boring for a lot of people. To, well, to, let's until just it gets say
1: released. it was a con. It was actually a very conceptual idea for a pilot involving people. Uh, who's? It's uh, a good start. They've got uh, a guy with a deformity. It's about a. It's a comedy about a deformed guy. Okay. So. All right. I was also in it, and I had some makeup on. Did, am I killing this? No, no. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. No, I meant in the this is awesome sense. Am I killing this or what? <laughs>
0: It's been fucking going crazy for me the last couple of days. Now I seem to step into it every so often on Twitter, and that's why I actually have come to enjoy Twitter. When when the the the, the guys who you know run our website and you know, management people type people came up to me and they said, you know, if, if it would be cool if you maybe every now and then do a tweet and say hello. I was very very apprehensive cuz I thought Twitter was all about, you know, 15-year-old girls tweeting about Ashton Kutcher and and Justin Bieber. And then I realized that Jamie Jasta tweets. And so once I re- once I found that out, I said, "Oh. Okay. So Jamie was actually and I to- I've told Jamie this. I- I- he was the real reason why I became very active on Twitter. And since then it's been great. I've I've actually hooked up with with friends and uh, met uh, people that I I respect and admire through Twitter and also been able to be in touch with so many people who really dig what we do. And I tweeted... What the fuck was that?
1: Sounds like there's a boat
0: somewhere. Oh, motherfuck. So... I had to just stop tape, and I found out that fucking noise was Nick.
1: (laughs) His phone was farting. Sorry about that. Yeah, I turned off the uh, ring, apparently, but not the... uh... A few months ago, Saturday Night Live booked Chris Brown
0: as a musical guest with Russell Brand as the host. And I tweeted, Dear Saturday Night Live, something to the effect of Dear Saturday Night Live... Why don't you book us? You know, we don't hit women, blah, 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 because Chris Brown was the boyfriend of Rihanna, and he beat her up, and there's a whole to-do about that. Most people know the story. I'm not going to get into the backstory. What ended up happening was the Chris Brown army, the, right. all the fans, the ladies, rained on our Twitter page for a whole night. It was two and a half hours of, of nonstop stop Hate tweets. Plus follows, though, right? <laughs> I don't think they were following us, not all of them. And and I didn't answer them back. What I did is I just kept retweeting them and making fun of their bad spelling and bad grammar. And that got a lot of people interested. And there was a whole to do, a couple of stories were written, et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm saying is I, I end up stepping into it without even knowing. I, I did an innocent tweet. And this is what happened. So, a couple of days ago, I was listening to the new Metallica record, Lulu, that they did. It's not officially a new Metallica record. It's a Metallica and a Lou Reed collaboration project. They did a record called Lulu. And I was able to listen to it. And as I was listening to it, I was tweeting about it. This is something people do on Twitter. So, my first tweet was listening to uh, the Metallica Lou Reed album, Lulu, right now. And I waited, and I listened, and I listened, and I don't know how many how many minutes later, but uh, eventually uh, I started tweeting stuff like, um, you know, Lou uh, the Metallica Lou Reed album is the water world of rock and roll. Just the worst movies I could think of because I really thought it was when you watch some kind of monster there's a scene with Lars Ulrich's father and he's listening to something that they are working on and it was it's a pretty funny
1: scene because he basically puts Lars in his place um, some and, kind and, of monster has a few scenes where it, it, there's large evidence of Metallica making bad decisions right
0: yes yeah. um, and when you get to the level of Metallica you have uh you have, you run the danger of run, uh, surrounding yourself with yes men, mm-hmm. so there really really isn't anybody that, that can buffer your decisions. And thank God there was Lars's father who, who said this to him. So my my critique would be to delete. They should have deleted this Lou Reed collaboration or just kept it on their iPods and listened to it, and just between themselves go, wow, we jammed with Lou Reed one day or gone but, uncredited, right. But they put it out, and it's about to come out, and I was able to listen to it. And I was joking around. It was a fucking joke. You're exaggerating thought, your distaste. Yeah, I, was just ba- I just thought of the, the worst movies I, I'd seen in, in a long time. And Ishtar, uh, I didn't even get to see. I just knew it was a bomb in the box office when it was released, and it's never been released on DVD. So I've never been able to see it. Since I was a kid, I always wanted to see that because it was just such a flop. So I said first, I said uh, the Metallica Lou Reed album is the is the Ishtar of rock and roll. Then the Waterworld of rock and roll because I think that movie's horrible. Then the ba- Battlefield Earth, which because I think that movie's horrible. That movie's
1: amazingly horrible.
0: Amazing, yeah. It, it's actually quite interesting. It's Wild. It is wild,
1: and it's all about Dianetics. Which it's is di- about Dianetics. It's got that crazy part where like. John Travolta bumps his head in a bar scene with Forrest Whitaker, and he goes, Ugh! The ceiling's too I low! Know, Why know. didn't you get some man-animals to I fix
0: it? it? It's just so crazy with, with uh, Forrest Whitaker as as
1: his sidekick. Forrest it, Whitaker. Oh, What? Oh, that's his acting. He's basically actually doing the closest performance he's given to his Fast Times performance in Battlefield Earth he's doing like that guy <laughs> 20 years later as an alien <laughs> think about it it's weird um, so so
0: what ended up happening was I was listening to it on my this is the I'm, I'm going to paint you the scene as to what happened I was listening to it on my headphones and there was there was a couple other people who were in the room but they weren't listening to it and I was just laughing out loud and they were watching a movie and when the when so after I finished listening to it, I, I, I was like, you guys got to hear this. This is really, really something. And as a joke, more to crack them up because they were in the room, I took all my Metallica re- records, spread them out on the floor and took a photo. And I said I said what I was going to tweet. And I waited the next day. And my tweet was, good morning. Heard the Metallica Lou Reed album last night. Metallica collection now for sale. Right. Tweet your price. And I swear to God, I just did that to crack them up, to crack the, the, the people who follow us up for, for the morning, just give them a laugh in the morning. And that's it. And in the afternoon, maybe eight hours later, um, unbeknownst to myself, Blabbermouth, someone attached to Blabbermouth had picked up the tweet, posted posted the, the tweet on their site, and it went Bonkers for about a day where it was a mix of I agree with you, Metallica sucks to fuck you, who the hell are you, I've never heard you, Um, Metallica sold more records than you ever will and Lou Reed is a legend, etc., etc. So I just want to say, use this podcast to say, it was a fucking joke. I was just joking much like the lou reed metallica
1: collaboration it was a joke it was (laughs) a joke that you made
0: and i'm not selling my metallica collection and i do have i do have a collection you know um i'm a huge metallica fan i've got i've got around 130 bootlegs of strictly metallica uh in in either dvd cd or vinyl for how many
1: echo brain records you got i have the
0: Echo Brain Record. You got so I'm the Echo a huge, Brain Records. I have the Echo Brain record. I am a huge fan of everything Metallica has done since I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. I've followed them through everything, and this is a joke. I was joking. And I just thought I really do think that the Lou Reed Metallica collaboration is weak. But as a fan, my fandom isn't unconditional, right? I have criticisms as every fan of extreme fan of a band we all like to huddle together and discuss our favorite bands Um, no matter how disappointed or how elated we are by their output we the best part about being a fan of anything is the discussion of it that's why there's star trek conventions that's why there's kiss conventions that's why people get together and we you talk on forums or we do podcasts or we tweet about our favorite bands I'm not going to tweet about a band or an artist or a musician that I'm not a fan of because they're off my radar. I don't give a shit about them. This morning I got a tweet from
1: a guy in France And he just
0: said, fuck you And I, in, and I thought
1: that was the <laughs> Did funniest. he spell fuck like P-H-O-Q-U-E Like like the word seal well, in French Fuck you No, no, no. But,
0: but it was quite funny I thought, wow, what a way to wake up in the morning But I didn't retweet it because I thought People would think I was telling them to fuck off Pierre and Leon
1: Thinks you should fuck off
0: but it's an interesting thing, um, doing this whole Twitter thing, and I, I really, I really thought, I found it quite amusing, all the hate tweets, mm. but I also was, uh, um, aghast at, at, at just how many people don't get a joke, and how many people will eat up anything blindly, like they'll accept it blindly, because they're supposed to, because they are officially a fan, and, uh. I thought the best part about being a fan is to just, you know, be so hypercritical. That's why you're a super fan, and that's what I consider myself in when it comes to that band. But I read this article that Chuck Klosterman posted about his his critique about the record, which he really basically, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said that he was brought up to believe that record labels were inherently evil, and they stifled creativity in a band. And now that the music industry has kind of dissipated, the labels don't have too much control, especially with, a, with an uber band like Metallica, mm-hmm. who are left to their own devices. And he's kind of lamenting the fact that there, they, they didn't have, there isn't anyone with more of a, 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 a chokehold around a band like Metallica, because this is what you end up with, like albums like Lulu, which I, I thought was
1: a, a pretty observant um, point. Bob Dylan was very popular. Everything was going great. Then that self-portrait record comes out at the height of his powers. It's weird, It's not as good. There are some He's people who the there
0: who's, There's some people who are, are good self-critics. There's some people who can really understand um, who are more of an audience member as much as they are someone who who has an audience. And there are people like that.
1: Um, but it's hard to picture Lars Ulrich legitimately criticizing himself. Close your eyes, try to think of it. I
0: don't know him, man. I, I I don't know, him. but I'm the first album that comes to mind when you mention the fact that this I was, I was, uh, Dylan put out this album at the height of his career and when he went electric, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is Dice? Right, the Dice Man, who I worship. It's great. Much, um, basically. He's selling out Madison Square Garden. He's selling out arenas. He's he's the first comedian to ever do this. He's he's at a level of of comedy that no one has ever really been able to match since. Popularity wise, maybe Russell Peters, you know, because um, he's Dane sold Cook's it. gotten Dane up Cook, there. maybe Russell Peters, yeah. Um, but he rarefied did air, rare, really rare. He did it first, and he did it like over twenty years ago. And then the next record he puts out is a record with no. Laughter,
1: yeah, but and, it rules. It's like his best
0: record, and it's the best record he ever put out. Called "The Day the Laughter Died," double album, double I album.
1: I there's That's also two other "Day the Secret Laughter Discs. Died" part two. Is, yeah, yeah. And then
0: he put out ca- something a few years ago called "Filth," yes. that my f- friend Jim Florentine, uh, hipped me to, and there's a. It's a three-disc album that I think Dice quickly yanked off his website. I need to hear that record. It's. It's basically it picks up where day the laughter died part one and two left off and let's it just, say
1: trailed off
0: yeah I I, I, I really, <laughs> records trail off there's there's uh, fighting with the audience there's mm-hmm. no laughter there's uncomfortable silence um, awkward silence. And this is at the height of his career, and it was for Deaf. It was for American, or was it? It was, it was for, for Deaf. It, well, Rick, Rubin like Rick Rubin's it. label, but he produced sort of the, it. Yeah, the
1: post Deaf Jam. I but, don't
0: know if it was Deaf Jam or Deaf American or Deaf America. I'm not sure, but it was. It was linked to Rick Rubin, and you're talking about a guy who put this out at the height. Now, now, I think Dice is smart enough to know that what he was doing was genius. I don't really like to say too often that I was only joking because it makes me feel that I'm surrounded by idiots. You know, you don't want to break face when it comes to stuff like that. But in this case, you know, waking up in the morning with a fuck you, <laughs> I just got to say, dude, are you that stupid? I, You know, you don't want to you don't want to ask it because you feel like you're 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 on Earth, too. But you the Twilight Zone, but. It, it begs the
1: question. Anyways, there's many levels, though, of translation going on. This is a French guy, you know? Imagine mm-hmm. he sees this translated in French. How often do you see a joke translated and go, oh, that's amazing? You know, it doesn't really happen. So these guys are all over the world. Or, I mean, they should have a sense of humor about it. Trust me. Believe me, I know. Uh... Do but, you get do
0: you get uh, with your tweets as you Twitter as well? There's a miscommunication there with some of your followers or some. I, of
1: your, when I say followers, the Twitter people.
0: Yeah, who I don't look actually have a cult of
1: people. Full. You yeah, probably know that. And I don't followers. actually have people following my career either. <laughs> I have people on Twitter who are listening to things I say. Well, I've definitely converted my Twitter account into a repository for like wordplay, dumb jokes, and the and uh, the occasional. Just whatever, you know. What did you tweet today about a horse? Oh, that was yesterday. I wrote, a lady marri- I know a lady who married a horse. Their relationship is stable. And that was a huge hit. You know who would love this is Adam, our, our drummer. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. He I loved stuff. it. I loved it. And people loved it. But I've had things that I, I push it too much sometimes. sometimes.
0: I, I hope people can, I hope I'm conveying it properly that I'm not smiling.
1: <laughs> you're, you're half smiling. But I'm I, sighing. I once made a tweet where I wrote, shopping carts are really pushy. And I <laughs> fucking... and I had a guy tweet me back and he said, he was like, that is honestly the worst thing I've ever heard anybody right, right. say. And you know what? I think that guy still follows me. Well, that's just it, isn't it? There's a few hate tweeters
0: for the Metallica thing that are following <laughs> us, which I, yeah. I don't get it, but...
1: You know, so I haven't good. gotten a fucking follow. You know, the, the things that always... there Whenever Neil Hamburger maybe will tweet something involving me, that's when weirdos... Sometimes I'll get one that sort of will say, and just try to goad me into something but that's right. not really. And that's what it is isn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I was trying to do that to someone else this week as well. On Twitter. I was a bit I was a bit busy on Twitter yeah and it didn't get picked up by anyone. Kim because, Kardashian. Because she didn't respond to me. Was it Kim Kardashian? No. I was correcting Oprah's spelling. Oh yeah. Uh, if you go on the Oprah Winfrey page and I'm, I'm assuming that Oprah doesn't do this. like She has one of her minions do this but uh, whoever handles her Twitter account it looks like it's her. I think it's Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Might be wrong. But. I've seen his t- Oprah impression, which is spot on. <laughs> that was Star Jones. Um, but uh, she tweeted something about her Indonesian followers, and she said, you, you're or you are. She, she misused the you're the you are. Oh, that's um, bad. Yeah, so I... Uh, I tweeted something to the effect of, you know, don't, don't know the difference between your and you are. Neither does Oprah. And then I said uh, that I said, "Hey, Oprah, I don't know the difference between your and you are either. Can I get a retweet? By the way, your show is fucking fun." <laughs> and then someone said, "You'd think that with all her millions, uh, she'd have spell. She could afford spell check." And I said, "Oprah can it." at Oprah can afford spellcheck. She just looks at spellcheck in the face and gives spellcheck the finger. Just hoping for any kind of like response from her, but I didn't get it. She's got 7 million followers.
1: So you're trying to glom onto that. Yeah, Oprah so I do crowd. the same thing everyone's doing to me. So you want an Oprah's Women Network. <laughs> I Is that the, what it stands for? <laughs> I wanted
0: all the, the, the soccer moms in the
1: Midwest up my ass you the should same have a way. Sh- Love, you should have a show called Love Danko Jones. And it's like kind of a combination of the movie Love Jones and Danko Jones. Or not. And Or you could give love advice to the ladies. It would be like, you know, the lady would call in and she'd say like, Excuse me, I have a problem having orgasms. And then you could be like, well, just buy one of those sticks. Why would she call with like one of food those in her mouth? Sticks? Why would she call with food in her mouth, Nick? That's just the connection she had. She had oh, one yeah. of those weird connections. It sounded like she had food in her mouth. She has a speech impediment where she's forced to hold shouldn't, her hand in a you, circle around her I mean, mouth when talking. Should, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't talk. Don't make fun of me. I'm disabled.
0: I'm not a really good... I'm not a really good gift giver. I'm terrible at gifts. Horrible, but I like giving like a hundred dollar. Like if you're gonna give someone a McDonald's gift certificate, um, as a goof, you give them a large amount of money. A hundred dollar McDonald's gift certificate. So the person who you give it to knows that you spent a hundred dollars on their present. But, but it's, it's a joke present. It's a joke present. It's McDonald's gift certificates. Like, stuff like that. Or, I've been eating McDonald's lately. It's not good. That's bad, dude. It's after shows. There's a McDonald's nearby. Yeah. No, it's great. I'm not saying it's, yeah. ba- it's bad tasting. I love it. Yeah. But it's not the healthiest it's food not a for good, you. It's not a good choice. Or, um, I'm I'm a big Threes Company fan. Right. And so, Joyce DeWitt, I think it's joycedewitt.com. On her website, you can purchase for... I think it's $30, give or take 10 bucks, a personalized photo. So I wanted, you know, happy birthday or, you know, Merry Christmas, Joyce, or Merry Christmas, you know, um, Jan or Steve, Joyce DeWitt. And the photos to choose from are 35 year old photos of her, not a (laughs) Joyce DeWitt photo from today. But that's better, isn't it? It's amazing. Happy Diwali.
1: <laughs> this is it's Joyce exactly.
0: Doe. Yeah, exactly. Um, those are the kinds of presents I like giving people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's people like Emmanuel Lewis and,
1: and uh, Horseshack and Juan Epstein. or Dan or, Aykroyd. Or, Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Actually, Dan Aykroyd is like a trillionaire from uh, his liquor products, so he'd yeah. just be doing that for fun. Yeah, yeah. And from his relatively successful career. I think so, he's had a really well, yeah. really successful movie career. Yes, but is
0: this how rings. we're going to end the podcast? No, no, I was trying to ask you. That was a, that's a really odd way to end the podcast.
1: <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's movie career. <laughs> What's Goodbye. your favorite Dan Aykroyd movie? Armed and Dangerous. Spies like us. Spies. See like ya. Not such a good one. I don't. I don't give you Spies like us. Um. Well, trading places. Good day. Have fun. Is that how we're gonna end it? I don't know. I mean, all I can say is on your tour, you should watch a lot of Dan Aykroyd movies. Yeah. Including nothing but trouble. And I'll start with The Great Outdoors. Follow it with Dr. See Detroit. See you next week. Bye.
0: Oh fuck. Bye. I'm
2: so stupid! Stupid! So stupid, though!